Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for Friday. Yeah, Friday, November 4th, 2011. And here's what's happening out there. What's hot and what's not in North America? Well, our friends at Wards dug through the numbers and put together a short list of automotive studs and duds. Some of the new models on the market that are doing really well include the redesigned Nissan Versa, as well as the brand new Kia Rio. Some of Volkswagen's latest models are on fire. I mean that figuratively, of course. The 2012 Beetle is bounding right along and the Passat is off the charts. But not all of the news is rosy. Sales of the redesigned Mazda 3 have fallen almost 5% compared to the same time last year. The Hyundai Accent, Toyota Camry, and Honda Civic, all overhauled for the 2012 model year, are selling worse than before. Though clearly, Toyota and Honda have been hurt by inventory problems. Hey, let's go back to the Kia Rio for just a moment. They just showed off the five-door hatchback version that's coming to the American market. Pretty nice little car, and we'll have a lot more information about it in an upcoming show. But the real news here is how much Kia expects sales of subcompact cars to grow in the U.S. Right now, subcompacts account for roughly 400,000 sales, but in only four years' time, Kia expects that segment to double to 800,000 units. And a key reason why it's so bullish is that subcompact cars, like the Rio, now offer the same kinds of amenities and options that mid-size sedans have, so people are a lot more willing to buy a small car. We've reported on this issue before, but the issue has come back up again. As big as the Chinese market is, automakers there could soon be facing a big problem with overcapacity. According to the National Development and Reform Commission in China, the total annual output of China's 30 major car makers will reach over 31 million vehicles by 2015. It says that will far exceed market demand. Chinese authorities warn the industry faces the prospect of cutthroat competition, a drop in profits, and idle assembly lines. Not only would that hurt the auto industry, it could also have a negative impact on the entire Chinese economy. And yet, Chinese automakers are charging ahead. If you remember, Volvo took the wrapper off a large sedan concept at the Frankfurt Motor Show about a month or so ago. The U, that's Y-O-U, strongly hints at what the next generation S80 will look like. According to Gasgoo.com, the production version is about to be unveiled. It will be Volvo's largest and most expensive model, competing directly with segment leaders like the BMW 5 Series and Mercedes-Benz E-Class. You can bet we'll have more details when they become available. And in related news, Volvo's VP of Design, Peter Horbury, is moving to China to work at Geely, which is now the Swedish automaker's parent company. At his new post, he'll be the senior vice president of design, and his replacement at Volvo has not yet been announced. 
While hybrids and electrics get all the attention, automakers are working on other alternative-powered vehicles to help wean our dependence on oil. Wards reports that Hyundai will begin production of its third-generation fuel cell vehicle next year in Korea. It's a hydrogen version of the iX35, better known in the States as the Tucson. Hyundai plans to build about 1,000 of them through 2014, and an undisclosed amount will come to the U.S. market. The vehicle has a range of 320 miles based on the European driving cycle, and its top speed is about 100 miles an hour. In 2015, Hyundai plans to produce 10,000 fuel cell vehicles and sell them for about $50,000 apiece. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration in the U.S. just released its list of the top stolen new cars in the U.S. in 2009, which is the most recently available data. The Toyota Camry was the most stolen car, though the highest theft rate goes to the Audi S8, followed by the Shelby GT Mustang. But you know, the real story is how much car theft has dropped in the U.S. The overall theft rate in 2009 was down 20% compared to 2008. Chevrolet turned 100 years old this week, and while it's one of the best-known brands in America, Chevy is turning out to be a lot more than just an American brand. Coming up next, we talk to Chris Perry, the Vice President of Marketing at Chevrolet. Look at this. Bridgestone's using natural rubber, researching ways to enhance its quality and performance, and making their factories more environmentally friendly, producing products that save on fuel and emissions, and some that can be reused again, and promoting eco-friendly and safety driving campaigns. One team, one planet. Bridgestone. A lot of you will remember the advertising tagline that Chevrolet used for years. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. They wanted to make Chevy seem like an integral part of American culture, which it is. But now, Chevy is becoming a lot more of a global brand. On AutoLine this week, my guest is Chris Perry, whose job it is to market the Chevy brand all around the world. In the following clip, I asked him to explain just how global the brand has become. You know, Chevrolet has been actually in in other countries since the 20s. You know, we started with a factory in uh, in Europe. You know, I think in in the, in the mid 20s, we started building Chevrolets in Brazil in 27, I believe it was. And so, some in some countries, that's their home home brand. You know, we've been in Brazil for 65 years, but in Korea, we've been there six months. But from a global standpoint, to answer your question, is you know we're, Chevrolets are sold in 140 countries around the globe, and interesting enough, this year will be our in our centennial year will be our best sales year ever in our history. Um, and your point, a lot of people don't recognize that that 60% of the Chevrolets are sold outside of the United States. Are you able to sell any North American product in Korea, or is that all domestic well, GM DAP product? Actually, the Malibu that we'll be getting here in the U.S. in, in the spring of 2012 is launching right now in Korea. So we're really going to, not only we, from a, from a global sales perspective and so forth, we're also going from a global platform perspective. You know, uh, we have the Cruise here, which I already mentioned is sold globally. Uh, the Malibu will be a global vehicle for us. The Sonic, uh, Aveo in some markets, is, is a global vehicle. 
the Spark is doing well in, in, in a lot of markets that we will be getting here uh, late in the year. Announced yesterday the Colorado pickup truck, uh, the midsize truck. We'll start in Thailand, but we'll get a version here in the U.S. So um, we're now, it's interesting because I think we've, we've always been distributing Chevrolets globally, but we haven't done a great job of managing it globally. And I think that's the initiative going forward now. By the way, you can watch that entire interview right now at our website, Autoline.tv. And also joining me on that program are Frank Marcus from Motor Trend Magazine and Mark Phelan, the car critic at the Detroit Free Press. And while you're at Autoline.tv, don't forget to turn, tune into Roundabout. Tonight, the gang gets into a wrap-up of all the highlights from the SEMA show. And if you can't watch it live, you can always come back and catch the show at your own convenience. But that wraps up this show and this week's worth of news. Thank you for watching. We'll see you back here on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.